the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hey, everybody. Dennis Prager and Julie Hartman. Therefore, Dennis and Julie. Shalom. The non-Jew and goes shalom, and I'm the Jew and I go hello. <laughs> you know what I also do? I go lahayim yes. at do? dinners. Yeah, oh, it's fun. To life, mm-hmm. to life, to life, lahayim. You know that song? No, but do you know Fiddler on the Roof. I do. Yeah, that's from, I've seen it's it from that. It's great. It, Fiddler on the Roof is a classic. Got a lot on my mind. By the way, one not critically important point, but since we talk about ourselves. It, I don't, and not in a narcissistic way, I trust, but because people should know who we are, and that's part of the fun, really a big part of, of the appeal of Dennis and Julie, real two real human beings. Anyway, uh, this is not some confession, just a p- point of interest. By the time this is aired, I will have been back from three days of pure, uncompromised, vacation, the first three days of no work, just vacation in at least 25 years. I'm I'm truly happy for you. You deserve it. Tell the audience what your idea of vacation is. <laughs> oh, well, I'm laughing sort of at myself because this is not something most of our viewers <laughs> would ache to do. Not even our viewers, just anyone. Oh, that's a good point. <laughs> Actually, our viewers would be more likely than, uh-huh. than just about any cohort. Oh, uh-huh. any cohort of humanity. Oh, you said so, it. yeah, you got me to say it. I feel odd saying it, nevertheless. So, the world's largest audio show, <laughs> audio equipment show, is taking place in Munich, Germany. And uh, I am going there just for three days, then flying to Florida, where I'll be at the National Religious Broadcasters Convention for three days, and then finally back. Not only is it my first pure, no speaking, no radio broadcasting vacation, three days, but I'm not even, for the first time since we're married, going abroad without my wife, because I took pity on her. (laughs) <laughs> what the hell is she going to do all day while I'm listening to amplifiers, preamplifiers, and speakers? You know, there probably actually would be a lot of fun things to go out and do in Munich, sightseeing, yeah, go to museums. Yeah, well, what's the fun? What's the fun? She, we both enjoy each other. Are you going with Reed? I'm taking Reed. That is correct. His stepson, Dennis. Right, stepson. correct, with whom I have a very strong bond. I love him very much. He's a special kid. And he really knows audio equipment. 
He's an IT man, and he really knows. I trust his ears more than my own. If he will say to me, uh, you know, this, uh, there's something missing with this speaker, I would rule it out even if I loved it. You know, there, as we both know and as the listeners know, there's so much we have in common. And you also have introduced me to many of your hobbies, fountain pens, yeah. fountain pen ink, uh, you know, just, just to name two. But um, I can't relate to you on this. And that's okay. I, I like that. That's uh, I'm totally with you. I don't know any woman who does. Literally not one. Uh, do you? I'm curious. Do you have? Do you find great appeal in women's shoes? Yeah. Okay. Good. <laughs> good. So uh, that's my good analogy. Women's shoes are to me what stereo equipment is to you. Right, but you your li- eyes glaze over. But you like it when your woman has good shoes. I bet. No. Really? You don't care. I I don't care. I care about every other thing she wears, but I I, I admit I. I don't notice shoes. You would notice if she had bad shoes. I would. Oh, of course. It ruins the whole outfit. Of course. Oh, my God. <laughs> you, that is so clear. You would totally notice. I would. I promise you. You Next time you're with Sue, you ask her, do you think Dennis would notice if you wore the wrong shoes with your outfit? If, there is no doubt she would say, are you kidding? Of course not. If she walked into a PragerU gala in one of her gorgeous gowns that yeah. she wears, but and then sandals, you wouldn't notice? I don't know, but I can't say I would. <laughs> uh, 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 in fact, my general impression is that if a guy notices it, he's probably gay, but I... <laughs> and, and that's hardly anti-gay. Just you mean for the just record. the shoes part? Because you're just right. Just the shoes part. You're right. Yes. The other parts do matter. Yes. Yeah. Just like, uh, you know, it's so amazing that you can't tell truths. Like, is it not true that men in interior decorating are disproportionately gay men? Why is that like wrong to say? Is that an insult? No. Of course not. It, it, it's... <laughs> well, you told me something once that first summer that I was working for you and I learned so much, including wife is Sanskrit for flaw finder. You said, I asked you once, I said, you know, how do you decide whether or not to say something on air? Because I'm sure you, I th- that was, you know, during the time of the January 6th stuff and right. the election. I mean, there's a lot of hot topics. And you just said to me, I have a rule. If it's true, I say it. That's right. And I thought... That's really that that has that has guided me. And so with the example you were giving, if it's true, how can you be offended by it? I, do, I don't oh, I really don't understand oh, that. Well, you don't because for you, truth is everything uh, as well. But look, if you say. Well, as I oh, I'll give you a uh, personal example, a few few months ago, I wrote a column and I did it. I did a broadcast that women are disproportionately hurting children in America today. So I'm glad you raised this because this is a very important issue. The left never asks, liberals might ask, and conservatives might ask, but leftists never ask, is it true? They ask, is it offensive? That's Truth is not a left-wing value. I say that every day on my show. I always give an example, and it is the moment one realizes it, one must abandon the left. You could become a liberal, you could become a conservative, but you must abandon the left. So 
when I gave the data on, what is it, 85% of librarians uh, or 85% of teachers, whatever the number was, are, are a female, 90 plus percent are, are the librarians where you're having so many of these uh, uh, what is drag queen story drag queen hours. Story hours. Right. And it's overwhelmingly women uh, psychiatrists, psychologists, and doctors who want to give uh, uh, hormone blockers to kids at early ages. I mean, that's a fact. So either I told the truth or I lied. The question is not, is he bigoted against women? Mm -hmm. It's, did he tell the truth? Mm -hmm. That's, That's a perfect example of why people can't tell the truth. Black, a black is far more likely to kill a white than a white a black in America. Mm-hmm. There's no, is that even close? Is that anti-black? Is the other anti-woman? Then you can't say any truths, which is exactly what it is. The irony is they're the ones who then lie. Whites are all racist. Right. Also, the thing with the truth is that it has a way of leveling out, if that makes any sense. Yes, there are many criticisms to be levied at women, especially American women in, in schooling. But there are also criticisms to be levied at, at men. I mean, look at look at the amount of um, school shooters, with the exception of what, what was right. it, Audrey men Hale, di- the, yeah. the trans right. the, the woman. Men are disproportionately involved in violence. Yes. And so when, when, I think part of the reason why people don't want or have an aversion to telling the truth is truth excuse me is that they think it's just going to make one singular group look bad everyone's bad right (laughs) every you know men and women and whites and blacks and asians and hispanics and old people and young i mean everyone has their bad part that's right so that's why i'm not afraid of the truth feeling deep affection for you now oh i'm not joking well thank you it's such an important insight and and you know another thing don't have that so I've told this story before on Timeless. I may have told, uh, I probably have said it here, but one of the things that was very interesting to me in college was I found that people felt pressure to succumb to these binaries. Either they're on one side or the other with regard to the truth. This came up during COVID when I would talk to many of my peers about how irrational the COVID restrictions were. There would be some people who would say to me, you know, Julie, I agree with you that it's sort of ridiculous that we have to wear masks when we're getting our food, but then when we're in the dining hall sitting, we can take them off. But I hesitate to condemn masks because the same people who condemn masks are those who believe that COVID oh, doesn't exist. That, in other words, that, it was, I'm either in the mask wearing, that's right. COVID is around every you, corner you, camp. Right, so you don't choose based on truth. No, people but think what they What side to go- is it on? Yes. and By the way, that, that's incredible. Forgive me, but... No, uh, no, I, I went, please. Well, that line, then I'm with the people who say COVID doesn't exist? Who said that? Well, exactly. I mean, that that was always my response to them. It gives you an idea of how much they caricature right wingers and conservatives. Do you know what the you know what the president said uh, in his speech? The biggest threat to America's white oh, supremacy. Oh, oh, oh! It was worse than that. It was about um, God. No, no, wait. Was it? Hit? Oh, I'm going crazy because I read so much. Yeah, you just did a three hour radio Where, show. Give no, yourself no, no, a little no, grace. No, no, it's not a little grace. This is really important. Oh, sorry, it was not the president. I take that back completely. So there's this left-wing site that is devoting literally hours, hours oh, yeah. to uh, to criticizing and attacking PragerU. So I find it fascinating. And I, I looked at the latest segment of, of their hatred, 
And it said, well, they, uh, they're for exterminating the transgender. Exterminating. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's sick. It's sick. Well, it, it proves my point exactly. It shows you the... No, not the transgender. Oh. Extermin- <laughs> no, 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 I'm sorry. Sign. Exterminating the homeless. Oh. Yeah. So, uh, where where would they come up with that? Is there a hint at a PragerU video of killing the homeless? Well, this goes back to our argument that we, we disagree, disagree on few things. You know, the, co- the cohort issue, seriously, is probably the biggest one. But another thing that... The which we- issue? The cohort issue. Oh, oh. <laughs> if that's the biggest one, we're <laughs> well, largely in agreement. True. We disagree on the following, though, about uh, whether leftists believe in, in what they say. You think they don't? I think mostly they don't. I think they trick themselves sometimes into belief, mm-hmm. but I-, I think it's they actually know that... Their views are inconsistent. You, you more so think that they, they really do believe what I, they say. I debated it all of my life, and I think that they talk themselves into it. Yeah. But, um, so that's... Which you is know, what when, you have said, basically, just Yes, that. but when you see something like that, exterminate the homeless. I actually have more faith in the intelligence of the leftist, maybe, than you do. Mm-hmm. I, I, I can't believe that a leftist would really think that. Exterminate? Do they oh, not understand the word exterminate? I have something to bounce off you. Sure. I, I don't know what triggered it just now about having faith that they're intelligent. So it, I just saw you will love this. Uh, I don't know. How, a random video came up on my feed. Mm-hmm. Guy goes to, to Harvard uh, in the middle of, of, the, of the square, Harvard Square, I guess. Is mm-hmm. that what it's called? Yep. Right. And has a bundle of $1,000, a bundle of 1000 another bundle of 1000 in cash. Oh, wow. You get these five questions right, you get you get 1000 bucks. Oh, what are the questions? So anyway, so I have a few. Well, I remember this. So who was the first president to live in the White House? I got it wrong. I missed by two presidents. Um, I missed by two. Uh, God. Well, it's definitely in the 19th century. Yeah. John Adams, the second oh, president. Oh, okay. So I, I, I but I, I, the one, I wasn't fair. It was so hard. What is the animal that makes the loudest noise? That was crazy. So it was the sperm whale. The sperm now, whale? Wait, wait, now, two, sperm whale? I know. So t- this was really not fair because one of the kids at Harvard said the whale I said well what kind of whale oh no that's not fair. no that's they should not give fair it to them. oh of course you should yeah. absolutely some uh, two kids got all the five right and their excitement cracked me up really yeah I, <laughs> who would be excited so he, a thousand bucks yes that's a lot exactly. of money. Yeah, and cash yeah oh he said to one of them so you're going to report this to the irs Oh. oh, and the guy swore, he swore on his mother's life, basically, that he would tell him to the IRS. That's so cute. It was very funny. So one of the interesting things that I noted was some of the kids were surrounded by other kids who were watching this yeah. take place. It's fun. And I would say that 90% of the kids that I saw just in the video, and how many did I see? Maybe 20 in total, 25, maybe. The, uh, maybe 10% were white. 
Was that your experience at Harvard? No, I, I think a lot were white. That's what I thought. I didn't really pay attention to it, honestly. Yeah. Because well, believe it or not, yeah. and I, I know you believe this, what I'm saying, I really don't see color at all. Right. I see it, but it doesn't mean anything to me. I, I admit I see it. I have to see it because I, I talk about the issue tragically. Mm. I'd rather talk, never talk about it. But anyway, I, just, I was just curious if they were representative of the class. I couldn't care less either way. I didn't I really just, pay attention. Yeah, I, I okay, think there fine. were a lot of white people. Yeah, no, I believe that. But it, it was odd that not among the, the people answering the questions. But yeah. it, it was a lot of fun. And I, and I got a kick out of, uh, out of, I'll tell you, I was a little surprised that they were so excited to get a thousand dollars because I, well, sorry, go on. Well, no, I just, I just think, uh, but that may be, uh, changing that the average Harvard kid doesn't come from a poor home. Oh, that's for sure. They're, they're mostly, most Harvard students are very, very wealthy. So I was I was uh, moved by the excitement of winning a thousand dollars, given that fact. Yeah, true. I mean, I feel like it's just just it's basically it's basically just free money. Yeah, that's you know? true. And that's it's cash. what's fun about yeah, it. And no, it's no, cash. that's fair. I I, I can't get that. So I gave you the COVID example. I'll give you another example, and this actually and. I recognized this in my own thinking, and I realized it was wrong, and I sought to undo it. During the 2020, summer of 2020, the, the Black Lives Matter summer, when I famously, or not famously, but in my own life, or between us, famously became conservative. Um, and I remember there was a part of me that was saying to myself, am I going too far in the other direction? Should I, in other words, should I err on the side of being more sympathetic to the cause of Black Lives Matter than not sympathetic enough. And I even had people in my own life echo that. They would say that to me. They would go, oh, well, I would rather, you know, be, even if they're going a little too far, I would rather be too much on the side of perhaps changing things if it means doing the right thing than not. And then I stopped myself as I was having this thought, and I noticed other people who were thinking the same way, and I thought, why is that the option? Why is the option either you're with Black Lives Matter or you're totally against them? Why can't the why why can't it be the truth? Why why can't we just strive to get it right? Maybe the truth is somewhere in the middle. By the way, I don't think the truth is somewhere in the middle. I think the side of conservatives is far closer to the truth because Black Lives Matter is a fraud. It hasn't done anything for black people. It's only harmed black people. It's ruined the country. But I'm saying back, you know, when this, it was sort of still in its inception, I just I noticed my my brain going towards these binaries in the same way that that person who remarked on the COVID mask. Well, I'm not going to criticize masks because the same people who criticize masks have these other host of beliefs. We should be striving for the truth. We should be striving on getting it right. And I, I don't know where this binary thinking comes from, but I can tell you it's it's very much prevalent among people my age. I'll give you a third and final example. I would talk with a lot of my friends in college about hookup culture. And how uh, modern day feminism teaches women that it's empowering to be promiscuous or as promiscuous as men and that we shouldn't seek commitment. And I was I was criticizing that among some of my female friends. And I had a female friend say to me, well, you may be right, but I don't want to criticize feminism because the same people who criticize feminism think that women don't have a right to vote. 
Do you know anybody who thinks women don't have a right to vote? Of course not. It's ridiculous. It's actually a great. It's actually I, a very. It's a good question. I've literally not met a single oh, have you ever, person right, in my have life. Have you ever met a white supremacist? No, never. None I of these. Cited, I've never met a racist. I exactly. Honestly, I, I never cited, met. I met one. I'll tell you about him in a moment. Oh, you know, you'll, it, it's actually funny. But uh, I, I mentioned you a couple of times on my radio show. Uh, about you're looking at my mail. Yes. I'm a right-wing talk show host, and you never found one racist No email. dog whistles. If you're, if you're throwing out yeah. all these dog whistles, well, dogs it's falling there. on deaf ears. Yeah, it's, it's only falling on left-wing ears. And isn't that amazing? Even because, look, so, sometimes you get crazy emails. I get crazy emails sometimes, you know, just from random people. They were never racist. I never saw anything that was racist. Exactly. Or or sexist, for that matter. Right. Maybe I saw one that was like Kamala Harris maybe is going to die in a plane crash next. Like, just a, just a nutty email. Yeah, but that has nothing to do with her being female or no, black No, of course. It was, just, it was right. just a crazy person email. I never saw ra- racism That's or sexism. That's right. That's exactly right. So what what uh, what brought that up? Because I wanted to amplify Sorry, you, you were that. saying on your show you bring it up. Uh, I was saying that people fall into this have we ever met racists or oh yes that's right so uh i I was going to tell you about the one racist i knew my grandfather you'll crack up your grandfather was racist yes but that's the new headline (laughs) oh no but it's a very interesting thing so my grandfather came from eastern europe came from i think in his case austria and uh he had endured a lot of anti-semitism so he had one of his traits which he, I remember, I loved him. He, he was one of the relatives I loved. Not everybody loves all their relatives, so this is not an odd statement. But I did love my grandfather, my mother's father. My father's father died when I was two, so I never knew him. My my mother's father I loved very much, and he showed me a lot of love. And whenever it would happen, we were in the car together, and we got cut off. Some driver did something really rude. He'd go, anti-Semite, anti-Semite, <laughs> which cracked me up even when I was Is a that kid. racist? Well, it's that. No, no, no. It, it isn't really. It's, I'm going to give you my racist example. Uh, it's just an example of he basically assumed most non-Jews hated Jews because mm. he came from a world where it was true. Of course. Hitler was Austrian. Yeah. So uh, it, it's, it was just funny and to this day, I do the anti-Semit, you know, like, <laughs> like, and I remember saying to him, Papa, how do they know we're Jewish? <laughs> the guy who cut us right. off is a little, even when I was like eight, <laughs> it didn't strike me as logical. <laughs> but the racism was genuine. Uh, he did not like blacks because his father-in-law was murdered by a black. Mm. His father-in-law came home to his Brooklyn apartment found a guy robbing him and he was beaten to death with a lampstand. I mean, mm. it, it was it was awful. And by the way, um, I saw the headline. They found the, the murderer, I think he had fled to Virginia or Georgia or wherever, and then was, was brought back to New York for uh, to be to be tried. But the, the reason I mentioned A is I actually knew someone who did not like blacks. I knew the reason, uh, which is, you know, it may be understandable, but it's wrong, obviously. But what is much, much, much more important and brings us to this dominating issue in my life in the last month, 
is he never acted on it. Mm. So here's an interesting thing. How did I even know he was he was uh, not a fan of blacks? He loved boxing. And since I was his grandson, so he would come over for the weekend, and then Saturday night we'd watch boxing together. I never got into it, but I liked watching it with my grandfather. And basically, he would root for the white guy if the white guy was fighting a black guy. Hmm. That that was the extent of how he manifested his racism. I just want to note that. And we always had a black housekeeper who was like a member of the family, Ethel. I remember her so well. He treated her like gold. And as I got older, I realized, who cares what he thought about blacks? He treated them beautifully. And I have said that many times. I don't care if you like Jews. I care how you treat Jews. This, this, so this raises a very powerful, powerful question. Because it's not only a division between left and right. The left monitors how you think. Just like North Korea. You're a racist if you have racist thoughts. Mm-hmm. Not, not in my view. You are racist if you have racist actions. Yep. Prince Harry would have been behooved to hear that. He has accused his family of having unconscious bias. The, yeah. the whole it, right. it's actually that's, that's the perfect example it's really sad i was watching an interview of of his recently and and the uh the interviewer was was saying well harry you accused your family of being racist and harry goes no i didn't and and the interviewer goes oh well please clarify and he goes i accuse him of having unconscious bias and you know what that's actually sadder to me th- than if they were truly racist because what it shows is that prince harry blew up his whole family over nothing over this invisible boogeyman that's what's sad that's what's truly sad about the whole thing if it's true that harry really doesn't believe his family's racist but just has unconscious bias that is the tragedy that he has just right kicked him to the curb for for nothing you have an example of of a biased action well it's it's i don't want to get off on a royal tangent but i do know this subject very well because i come from a family of anglophiles he said in the oprah interview or maybe it was megan that said that that um a member of the family had discussions about what color of skin Archie, their son, would be. No, I remember that. I didn't understand why that I, was racist. I didn't understand why that was racist either. When you have a when 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 there's a mixed marriage, of it's, course you're you speculate. And you know what? I saw Harry in a subsequent well, interview. He was, I have no doubt they speculated. Of course, in a subsequent interview, Harry was talking about. He said, "Well, you know, I have this fiery red ginger hair, and I didn't know that the ginger gene would would would." Uh, go on to the next generation, but my son Archie has fiery head, red hair like me. Is that not speculating what your child is going to look of like? Of course. Why is it re- when there's a mixed couple, you're going to you're going to speculate what the child's well, skin is I going have to a look theory like? Anyway, I mentioned it's it absurd. on my show. Instability, vulnerability, uncertainty, volatility, precarious, unpredictable. All of these words describe our banking system, as evidenced by the recent collapse of three banks. Julie Hartman here for AmFedCoin in Bullion. These past bank failures were the second, third, and fourth largest bank failures in U.S. history, and the Federal Reserve has been scrambling to keep the bank run from spreading. If you feel uneasy about having too much money sitting around in the bank, you're not alone. Gold, silver, and platinum have had recent gains as investors look for safe places to park their money. Now more than ever, you you need to call Nick Grovich 
owner of Amfed Coin and Bullion. Dennis has been doing business with Nick for many years, and he doesn't go anywhere else. Nick and his very experienced team of specialists will provide you with personalized attention, honest information, and sound advice. Be smart and be prepared. If you're interested in buying or selling, call Amfed Coin and Bullion at 1-800-221-7694 or go to AmericanFederal.com. That's AmericanFederal.com. Well, I have a theory like anyway. I mentioned it on absurd. my show that I, I thought Sean was not racist against anyone except those without red hair. So here you go. You are giving me proof. The red-haired, those with red hair think they're superior. It's a fascinating thing. I don't get it. He acknowledges it. I wish we could pan to Sean. He's going, I know, I know, exactly. He's thinking, why do I work here? But... uh Actions. I, I, I'm glad you brought this up because, as you know, I was having a discussion with someone recently about this subject. Um, he, I don't know if it's maybe necessary to say, but it probably is. He's a devout Christian. And as you know, and the audience knows, I would call myself an ethical monotheist. I, I believe in, in the God of, of the Bible. I believe in Judeo-Christian values, but I don't know sort of theologically or denominationally where my home is. Um so it was it was a really interesting discussion, and I was making the argument that your actions matter more than your belief as far as admission to heaven. And by the way, of course, God decides, you know. But but still, it's it's worth us talking about because although God decides what happens in, in the afterlife, we have to decide what happens in this life. And there's sort of this like on a micro scale with running a society, a sort of godlike judgment if you judge actions or thoughts. And I was saying actions matter more. He was saying thoughts do. And essentially he he was... He said they mattered more or mattered as much? Sorry, I'm sorry. Belief. Belief. I didn't mean to say thoughts, oh, 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 but belief. Oh, okay. okay. Belief. Belief in terms of salvation. Yes. And so, and, and by the way, this person, I'm not saying this person characterizes all Christians. This happened to be a Christian person and i'm just relaying what he was saying he was saying essentially that hitler if hitler in his final two minutes truly genuinely believes in christ then he can go to heaven i have to tell you and i'm still exploring religiously that is that is hard for me to swallow that you can commit a life of such terror and wrongdoing and then in your final two minutes believe and you're somehow exonerated meanwhile someone who doesn't believe in christ can live a righteous life and then they don't gain admission to the afterlife that 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 just that seems unfair to me and so then one of the things he was challenging me on was he said well uh, i he said because I had said, I think if you are mostly or overall a good person, then you deserve to go to heaven. And he said, well, what means mostly or overall? Does it mean 51% of the time you behave well, and then that means you get to go to heaven? But if 49% of the time you behave poorly, that that still means you get to go to heaven? And my response to him, and I'm obviously very eager to hear your thoughts, is I said, in your scenario, someone can con- commit an infinite number of bad actions, but then in the end, believe. In my scenario, someone can commit a lot of bad actions, but as long as there's one good action in the end that outweighs all the bad actions, then that person gets to go to heaven. Obviously, both situations are imperfect and we don't know the answer, but at least in my situation, there's a net positive, where in your situation, there's a potential for a net zero or a net negative. 
Anyway, that was a lot to throw at you. <laughs> but what, what are your preliminary well, thoughts? Uh, so I've gone through a long process processing this. So for 10 years, as you may know, my first 10 years in radio, I was the moderator of a show with a priest, minister, and rabbi, different ones every week. For two hours, no commercials, so that's like three hours. All we talked was religion, theology, ethics, etc. It was great, and I, I learned a lot. And I would say at a by about the fourth year, I felt that I had had a graduate course in Christianity because mm. I asked the Christian clergy, whom I often came to adore, Catholic and Protestant, everything that was on my mind. I, you know, I, I'm, I, I need to learn so I can't hide my questions. And then I looked one week, the issue came up, because callers would ask. I, I, I didn't ask this much. Callers did. So, so Pastor, you're saying that Dennis, who devotes his life to bringing people to God and religion and the Bible, and to the best of our knowledge, seems to be a decent human being, uh, he goes to hell because he doesn't believe in Christ. And, and 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 the guy who does awful things but then believes in Christ, he's he's you know he goes anyway. So I remember one thing vividly. I remember the answer that most uh, Protestant clergy would give. I'll tell you the Catholic clergy in a moment. And they were all. You'll find this interesting. It struck me that they were all troubled by it. Mm. And their answer would be, look, that's not my theology, that's my Bible's, meaning the New Testament's theology. What can I do? I mean, that, that's, that is our message. You have to believe in Christ to be saved. We, we can't get around it. So I remember thinking and saying to him, you know, Pastor, I remember the man, he, was a, he did his own radio show for Christians. And I said, you know, it just occurred to me, you feel a lot worse about this theology and me, Dennis, than I do. About your own or about... No, about... no. Uh, in other words, he, you feel worse about condemning me to hell... Oh. then I feel bad about your condemning me to hell. Right. I didn't feel bad because I don't believe I'm, I'm necessarily right. going to hell. Right. I might, but it's not because I, I don't believe because of my belief or non-belief in, in, in any given doctrine. And he said, that's true. And for, from that day to this, I realized another thing. A lot of Jews are offended by Christians saying, oh, you know, you don't believe in Jesus, you go to hell, or you're not saved, whatever language they'll use. And I tell my fellow Jews, wait a minute, why are you offended? That's their belief. You should only be offended by by how they treat you. Do they treat, and, and, and forgive me, there's a final critical point. When a Christian says to me, and I, and I, I have often heard from Christians, Dennis is the most prayed for yeah. uh, Jew in America, <laughs> and, or, or non-Christian, and, and it's probably true. I'm not offended. It comes from the goodness of their heart. They want me to be saved. As you were speaking, I was just thinking, you embody 
diversity, and tolerance. Here you are sitting across from people who think that you are going to go to hell for your belief and you still love them and appreciate them. And by the way, they deserve to be loved and appreciated. I'm not saying they don't, but I wish I could broadcast this to so many of these Mm -hmm. lefties who hate you and go, oh, really? You think this guy is intolerant? There is no more tolerance to be displayed than, than sitting across from someone who thinks that you are damned for your beliefs. Um, oh gosh, of course. Bingo. Bingo. <laughs> I'm forgetting. By the way, the fact that you picked up on that is really important. It Th- is. That is correct. And I'm consistent with my belief. How do you treat me? Which brings us back to, we didn't do with Dennis and Julie on the issue of thoughts versus deeds. I think we did one a few, um, I, I'm sure we've, I think we've gone over it. Oh, because so then I don't want to spend that much time now. Oh, no, but oh, but I don't think we've ever gone through it in a deep extent. I, I think it's worth continuing. Okay, if you don't mind. so so right now uh, there are a lot of a lot, believe me, as you know, uh, articles about me in in Christian, more Catholic than Protestant, but both places, and they they regard. Uh, the pornography issue, which I believe I've been completely misconstrued. I'm not, not even blaming people, because uh, let me just put it very directly. If I could have a magic wand and all pornography disappear, I would use the magic wand. Okay? But it, it, the, the issue to me, uh, as I said in my Daily Wire brief interaction with Jordan Peterson at our Exodus book of Exodus seminar was the the difference between uh, Judaism and Christianity with regard to actions versus thoughts and that's that's more important to me because we don't we don't really differ on pornography we differ on that and there is a, there is a difference mm-hmm. so let me first say I don't care because I know my biggest allies are Christians. Right. In saving America and saving the West, those are my biggest allies, Catholic Mm -hmm. and Protestant. That we don't agree on issue A or B or C, of course we don't agree on A or B or C. We'd Mm -hmm. be the same religion if we did. Mm -hmm. I mean, Mm -hmm. it doesn't doesn't bother me. But I'm a big fan of clarity, as you know. And, And obviously this issue, which just... Just this week, Crisis Magazine had a piece on, well, Dennis Prager says it's actions and not thoughts, and that's wrong, that's not our position, and, and they, it's a very intelligent critique, and I have no problem with it. But uh, it's like my grandfather. He had racist thoughts, but he didn't act on them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So is God going to condemn him for his racist thoughts? I don't believe, in fact, forgive me, I actually think God will say, you're on a higher level than the guy who had no racist thoughts. That's your nature thing. You, yeah, you acted against your beliefs to do what is right. It's a very powerful argument. Of course it is. It's like, I don't get any credit for not being uh, a, a, an alcoholic. I get zero credit. Because right. my interest in alcohol is zero. I get no credit. My son, my second son, who was born to a, a, a meth addict, because we adopted him at, at birth, uh, uh, he was was addicted uh, to, to drugs for uh, and alcohol for quite some time. 
thank God he's now sober for six years, married, God willing, have kids. He, he's, he's a fantastic kid. And, and anyway, uh, he gets credit. The guy who wants alcohol right. and doesn't drink it is in a far higher level. So even like the issue of lust, the guy who never lusts, what credit do you get for being faithful to your wife? It's the guy who lusts and stays faithful to me. That guy gets more credit. It's a good argument, Dennis. It's a really good argument. You know, one of one of the challenges that this this individual presented to me, and I think that it's right, is in your case, the person has bad thoughts but acts well. Well, th- what the person was saying is. D- Let's say two people donate money to a a children's hospital to help the sick. Does God judge them? uh, Sorry. And one of them donates because he truly wants to help the sick children. The other donates because he wants his name on the building. Does God judge those two equally? The actions are the same, but the motivation or or the the thoughts behind them are different. So the the guy who gives solely because he wants to help the sick, Mm -hmm. did he oppose having his name on the building? Maybe let's let's say yes. Let's say that let's say he was anonymous. So and- so it's just anonymous. Okay, yes. so that's interesting. In Judaism, according to the greatest Jewish thinker Maimonides, there are five levels of charity, and the highest level is anonymous. Okay, may he may be right. I I I don't know that he's right. I'll give you an example. I was just so amazing. Just last week, I was talking to a Chabad rabbi. The Chabad is this great group. They're, they have Chabad houses all over in every state. You you know the Chabad rabbi from Harvard. <laughs> oh yes, which we're dear friends. We have to tell the story. I've told it when I hugged okay. the rabbi. Yes, yes, or tried to, and then I said, "Oh, oh, I don't I, have COVID. Wait, So remind me. I don't want to get on a tangent. I have another story of a Chabad rabbi. Okay, later. okay. Anyway, he was telling me a donor to he, he's in Pennsylvania. This rabbi, he. And I'm very close to him and his family. So he was telling me he was just visiting L.A. And he came by to the house. So he had a donor who was going to give a, a very large donation, but wanted it to be anonymous. So if he were keeping with Jewish thought, he would have said, that is beautiful, thank you. Because Maimonides, the greatest Jewish thinker, said that's the highest level of charity. He had a very good argument. He said to the guy, wait a minute, wouldn't it be much more powerful if it was known that you gave that gift so you could be a model to others? Right. It, no, it, it's an excellent argument. So here's a recipient. He lives, he, he, he is a nonprofit. He lives like you. We live on donations. Mm-hmm. And he is saying, please don't give it anonymously. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, well, so do you think God so judges, God judges. Okay, them I, right. equally? Okay, first of course of all, we don't know. Okay, but I'll give you another answer, which, if you haven't thought of, brings me joy. <laughs> It'll bring me joy too. By the I, way, I know. I like oh, learning. God, is that true? Oh God, jewels, jewels. So, I don't know that any of us completely knows our motivation Mm. and that's why it's not even worth analyzing it to any serious extent 
That's why I'm a behaviorist. Damn it. Do what's right. Well, I'll give you... Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, no. That's it. Do what's right. I'll give you a... And I, and I agree with you. Again, excellent point. I'll give you a counter argument, though, for counter argument's sake. We do take in, intention into things. I mean, look at manslaughter. There's voluntary Correct. and involuntary. Yes. That does matter. Well, that's to to figure out was it an accident or deliberate? Not, not of course it matters, but it matters because we have to figure out what the crime was. It, it, it's if you murdered your wife in order to collect her insurance, or because you were having an affair and wanted to cover it up. It doesn't matter. There the intention is irrelevant. Evil is evil. Mm -hmm. But we have to figure out if it was evil. Right. Did did the guy run in front of your car because he was drunk and a pedestrian? Or did you aim to kill the guy with your car? Mm -hmm. It's a completely different act. Well, one of the things that this person with whom I was having this great debate was saying is, you know, Let's say someone drives uh, under the speed limit because the, the only reason why they abide by the speed limit is out of fear of, of being pulled over. Isn't someone who drives because they believe it's the right thing and they don't want to hurt other people, isn't that person sort of better in the eyes of God than the one who is just doing it out of fear of punishment? I have, I have more respect for number one than number two. Yeah. Well, that's your that's your. Great I do. Argument. I'll tell you. No, no, no. I'll tell you why. It makes a lot more sense. I don't want to get a ticket, than it does. It's the safe thing to do. That's nonsense. The safe thing to do is drive the speed of traffic. That is the only safe guideline for how fast you drive, because the slow driver is as likely to cause an accident as the fast driver. People all swerve around him. Uh, and and he call, plus causes tremendous delays. Uh, uh, that's and if you want to talk reality, every it's a sixty, it's a fifty-five mile per hour speed limit, and everybody's going seventy, and this putz is going fifty-five or fifty, <laughs> not to get a ticket. Who is gonna? Who is more likely to cause an accident? Everybody driving the same speed at seventy, or the jerk doing fifty? I would like to tell the audience this is exposing a very big part of Dennis. He hates slow drivers. I do. I do. <laughs> Whenever I've driven with you, you're so mad. Well, if they're in the right lane, I forgive them. If you want to drive slowly, go in the right lane. My dad go. hates them too, FYI. I take your point. I yeah. th- also- wait, 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 wait. Sean is confused. Yes? When, so he's asking, am I saying intention doesn't matter when it comes to a good deed, but it does matter when it comes to a bad deed? Why did you hear that? Because of the involuntary or voluntary manslaughter. Well, no, that's the – because – That's a crime. Well, what, I mean, let's use common sense. What are we supposed to do? A man kills a pedestrian. We, we don't ask, did he deliberately kill the, the pedestrian or was it a total accident? I mean, on on earth, of course we ask that. But but in, in in general, the the amount of bad done by people with good intentions is yes. enormous. Oh yes, enormous. Well, I said to that person, I said the, the the problem you have with my argument is someone like Jeffrey Epstein donating to a hospital, i.e., an evil person with bad intentions doing a good thing. That's your problem with my argument, and you know what? It, it's a legitimate challenge. My problem with your argument is the good 
or the well-intentioned communists who supports the people who are making the gulag happen. In my scenario, even though my scenario is flawed, even though in a perfect world I would want a non-Jeffrey Epstein donating money to the children's hospital instead of a Jeffrey Epstein, good ends up being done at the end of the day in my scenario. Well, in right. your scenario, ask, ask the children who, whose cancer got cured. Right. Are you happy that a, that a bad guy donated or not? Right. Well, this is this was a really, really good discussion because what he was saying, again, was, you know, should we or should God judge someone according to their reasons for behaving well? And, and he specifically talked about fear of punishment. My response to him was, I feel like the entirety of religion is fear of punishment. How can you, you know, how can you say that someone is impure for going below the speed limit because they fear of getting pulled over by a cop? Are you impure for living a good life because you fear you're going to go to hell? That's well, what animates that, yes, all of us. That's why I said that's the driver that I had sympathy for. Right. That's but that isn't that the whole basis yes. of religion? Well, and, and that's what Alan, Alan Dershowitz and I we have argued for the last twenty years, twenty five years, all over the country on my radio show. So I'll never forget, very early on, he said, look, Dennis, uh, to be, he, he, he's secular, but he, he knows a religion because he went to yeshiva like I did. Uh, anyway, uh, he said, Dennis, let's be honest. I'm paraphrasing, of course. I'm on, a, I'm on a higher moral plane than you are. And he wasn't insulting me, and I wasn't insulted. He, I understood it was an argument he was making. You think you'll be rewarded or punished by a god for doing the right or or not doing mm-hmm. the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'll be rewarded for doing the right thing or not doing the wrong thing. So I am on a higher plane. So you'll love this. So there is actually a, a, a very well-known Hebrew dictum in Judaism that the, the one who does something because of a fear of God is on a higher plane (laughs) than the one who does it because he thinks it's right. Why? Uh, That's it. That was the $64,000 question in one word. Why? Because you can much more rely on that guy uh, for doing the right thing than you can the other guy. That in the final analysis a consistently moral life is more likely to be led by the person who thinks he's answerable to a judging God than the guy who thinks he's only answerable to his own conscience. Alan Dershowitz is an exception. I think that to a large extent he has done a lot of courageous things. He's lost all his friends because he's defended Donald Trump. He, and he didn't even vote for Trump. I know, he doesn't even... He voted, yeah. for, he voted for Biden, to his everlasting discredit. But the... <laughs> but <laughs> Well said. Was... We'll leave that. But, but, but uh, most, most of us... Mo- and I, I, I gave this example 30 years ago when jo- Joel Alperson first heard me. I said, so let's take a baseball game. Baseball batter is up. He gets the sim- he gets the sign from the coach from from the manager through the coach on third base. Bunt. Does everybody know what a bunt is? Just touch the ball and and hit it to the ground and try to move the runner another base. 
without swinging, just touch the ball. Instead, he swings and hits a home run. Mm-hmm. So he has scored two runs. The guy on base, who he was just told to move up one base, what happens? Do they cheer the guy? Does, does the manager? The manager will probably fine the guy. Fine? Fine, yes. Why? Because he didn't listen to what the manager instructed him to do. You can't have everybody choose what they do on a baseball team. That is the way it is. What? What? The manager, I don't know if you know this, but the, the manager tells the right fielder to move over a little to center field. Well, you're dealing with someone who knows nothing okay, about baseball. Okay, so fine, so. but you don't, but the okay, principle stands. Right. Do, do, uh, uh, hockey, it doesn't matter what sport. You, your, your task sometimes is choose the best on your own, and sometimes it's I'm telling you what to do. Don't swing on the next pitch. If you swing on the next pitch and hit a home run, the whole authority of the team collapses. Mm. Well, back to what you were saying with with Dershowitz's challenge, or I guess argument that he's on a higher moral plane. Apropos of the Pregarian argument, my response would be, who cares? Right. You know, if you're doing if you're That's doing the right, right thing and I'm doing the right thing, That's I don't really right. care if you're on a higher yes. moral plane or if I'm on well, a higher ironically, moral plane. Ironically, he's judging he's judging right. thought. Right. That's but, right. But this but this thought I had where I said, isn't this the basis? I I think and I don't mean this in a complimentary way, but I, I think it's really important this revelation because what revelation that that my dear lovely Christian friend was saying that someone who acts well out of fear of punishment is sort of on a lesser moral plane than someone who acts well just because they think it's yeah, the right thing to do. Yeah, but he believes that's well. Whole, but he believes well on the basis of punishment. That's that's what I'm that's saying. That's the irony. That's that's my argument. That's the, that's the entire basis of re, of religion. You fear that you are going to go to hell so you behave well that's no no why... you believe well no no you didn't follow my point he, he how could he make that argument about action when he has that argument about faith if i right. don't believe right. in jesus right. i go to right. hell right that's the believe ultimate well. punishment yes that's why god fearing as you pointed out to me i learned it as many things from you god fearing is a moral term it is it is that's what it means it's a moral it term. is a moral term to fear the wrath of god a generation before mine, it wasn't even, it already had st- started to decline. It was common to describe a good person as a God-fearing person. Just when you thought it couldn't get any better, Mike Lindell with MyPillow is launching the MyPillow 2.0. When Mike invented MyPillow, it had almost everything you could want in a pillow. Now, nearly 20 years later, he discovered a new technology that makes it even better. The MyPillow 2.0 has the patented adjustable fill of the original MyPillow, and now with a brand new fabric that is made with a temperature-regulating thread. The MyPillow 2.0 is the softest, smoothest, and coolest pillow you may ever own. For our listeners, the MyPillow 2.0 is buy one, get one free with the promo code Hartman. MyPillow 2.0's temperature-regulating technology is 100% made in the USA and comes with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Just go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square to get the buy one, get one free offer. Enter the promo code Hartman or call 1-800-566-6745 to get your MyPillow 2.0s now. But doesn't that unravel again? Doesn't like I say this with respect? Doesn't that unravel their whole argument? If the whole basis of of religion is is fearing what your belief may dictate for you, how 
if that's the basis of the entire religion, then how can you judge someone for behaving well out of fear of punishment? Mm-hmm. That we have no answer. Yeah, that, that's, it's that's right. It, well, okay, so now you know, and this is a this is a big deal. I've said all of my life that uh, I have two very heretical beliefs. Uh, This I've said really all of my life. One, God has common sense. Hmm. That is is heresy to, to many religious people who ascribe to God uh, beliefs like those who say God views taking a stapler from work the same as raping a child because they're both sins. There are people who believe that, that in God's eyes they're equivalent. Okay, that deprives God of coming. It makes me brighter than God and certainly more morally clear. Right. The other one uh, is, which is uh, at least as dramatic and believe it or not, quote-unquote, I I don't mean it literally, but quote-unquote heretical, uh, is basically all you need to know is God wants you to be good. And that many religious people, uh, they they don't disagree that God wants us to be good. Some will say, well, but, you know, there's no such thing as good because we're all sinners. It's a very common uh, response. Or God wants us to be far more than good but that is my belief. That's why I'm an ethical monotheist. Judaism is my religion of ethical monotheism. Mm. My dream is that your Christianity, I don't mean yours, whoever it is, your Christianity mine. is your vehicle to ethical monotheism. That God's primary concern is how we behave toward other people. And I, I even have a, a, a human proof, not a theological proof. I could give all the theology you want. But my my human proof is, what matters more to you as a parent? How your children treat each other or how they treat you? It is a source of tremendous pain in parents if their children don't get along. If they don't get along that great with the parent but get along great with each other, uh, and, and presuming one at least relates to the parent well, you know, it's sad. I wish my child related more to me, but they love each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're God's children. How could his, How could it not be his primary concern? How can you mistreat God anyway? You can mistreat people. Right. You know, when you alerted me to the idea that God-fearing is a moral term, I can't tell you how liberating that was for me because I sort of like my friend had this idea that if I just was behaving well out of fear of punishment, then that made me sort of a lesser person. But that's the way God made us. You know, whenever I forgive me as I'm I'm sort of clumsily going through this and exploring this, but you know, if if one has a lust or if one has bad thoughts about another person, it's not Obviously, in a perfect world, we would not want to have them, but that's the way God made us. God gave us the ingredient that allows us to have those bad 
thoughts. That's right. So it indicates that what he values more is whether or not, again, bringing it back to your grandfather, whether or not we act on those thoughts. Yes. Because just as, you know, in, in the Garden of Eden, God implanted in human beings the proclivity to sin. People say, well, God gave gave human beings free will. Well, in... In the ingredient of free or part of the recipe of free will involves proclivity to do wrong or to sin. And so, you know, sometimes when I would be explaining why I value religion to people or why I think a society should be religious, I would say, well, religion makes you a happier person. It makes you a better person. It makes your society better. And some of the arguments that I would get back is, well, isn't that sort of a utilitarian argument? Like, isn't that just saying, well, religion can serve the ends that I want? shouldn't this person challenging me would say shouldn't you just argue that religion you should follow religion and follow god's moral code because it is good because of its eternal goodness as opposed to what it how it benefits you what is the difference between it is good and it makes a better society what is the difference well it's a it's a good I, i guess it's that it's about the purity of one's intentions again or one's thought that yeah, well, what's, it's a pure thought to want to make a good world with less cruelty in it. I, I think that's very pure. Right. No, I, I take your point. But but anyway, when you when you talked about how God-fearing is a moral term, it was liberating because I'm like, yes, that's how, soci- that's how it works. You know, that's even how religion works. You're going to fear punishment, and that's why you do good. Does, am I making any yes, sense? I hope yes. I, I'm not well, being well, very well, articulate. I, I don't but. understand... Well, I do understand, but it's mistaken. It's back to, well, your thoughts are what matter most. No, no, your deeds are what matters most. And, and, and it's on this planet, that's what matters most. I'll give you an example again. I know I'm, <laughs> my friends should just be here having this conversation because I keep repeating him, but he was saying, he said, you know, I sin all the time. Because one of the things I said to him is, I am not claiming to be perfect. Trust me, Dennis, you know, all I do is beat myself up. But I don't think I sin very often. And maybe this comes off as pompous or I really don't mean it to be. I'm not perfect. But I I follow the speed limit. You know, I treat my parents really well. I'm, I don't steal. I hope I treat everyone in the workplace well. I think I'm nine times out of ten you a good person. You your speech and behavior constantly. Constantly. I know that because I do mine and I, yes. I recognize it in others. And that's correct. And I would say the I, same I, about I, you, Dennis. Yes, you really... I, right. I, 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 we're all sinners is as helpful as we're all breathers. So, right. So, so therefore, what? Well, look, I, I think it's... A... We're all sinners is true, but gradations are everything. Right, right. And so this person, you know, I was saying, I think you're a good person person you know nine times out of ten and he was saying i sin all the time and i said can you give some examples and he goes sometimes i I think i'm better than other people Uh and i said well are you you know of course i mean you're he's he plays an instrument i bet he's a better pianist than some other pianist describe the five books of moses to moses and there is a line in the five books the torah moses was the humblest man on earth now that's bizarre. Either he didn't write it, or <laughs> oh, in which case people have an issue. It's the mosaic authorship of the of the bio, of the Torah, the five books. They're not, no longer the five books of Moses. Right. The five books of Jerry, uh, uh, and or you can say that just as God said, "This is good." Uh, I oh well, 
this this subject, I love this subject because people, again, if people don't think things through. You really want somebody to deny how good they are at what they do? So let me ask you a question. I, I, I have two pilots. You know my... You love my aura questions. Yeah, they're you're, great. So you're going uh, L.A. to Europe. It's a, it's an 11-hour flight. It's a long flight, 12 hours. And uh, you have choice of two pilots. One believes he is one of the best in the country, and the other thinks he's mediocre. That's all you know about them. Which pilot would you choose? You know my answer. Well, I know everybody's answer. Of course. They wouldn't flip a coin. Well, it's just, it's why is it, to your point, why is it a bad thing? As as long as you don't treat someone That's like they're inferior right. yes. or if you don't try to, you know, yes. put an impediment up to their success. I think, so, you know, sometimes I think, oh, I'm a better public speaker than that person. Or I am happen are. to know more about right. Icelandic languages than that person. I don't, you know, that doesn't mean I think my whole being is superior. I think that we have... All human beings have an inherent equality as far as our our, our worth as people and, and the dignity and respect with which we should be treated. But I'm sure a gymnast looks at me if I try to do a somersault and would yes. think they're better. Well, and they well, are. And even as a person, if you've worked your whole life on being a good human being and have generally met those criteria, I don't know why you're not allowed to think you're better than a lot of other people. It doesn't that. that Christians will often say to me, because I, I, I live with Christians so much and I adore them, uh, including some of the people I most adore. Well, Dennis, you know, I have to watch out for the sin of pride. I, I don't think that being proud of yourself and pride as a sin are the same thing. I think the sin is arrogance. Mm-hmm. Not pride. Okay, so I have an interesting question for you that, that you just made me think of. I know some people who are very nice people. By the way, this is not – people are going to think I'm alluding to Dennis. I'm not alluding to you. But some people maybe who are in the public eye who are very nice and who do a lot of good and treat their family while well, their friends or well, whatever. But you can tell they have an ego. And sometimes it's I'm, – I'm sure you've encountered the, the, these people, you know, where – it just it, it's a natural thing to encounter in the media world and sometimes it's annoying or you sort of notice that they have an ego and and maybe it's not that they're actively doing harm but sometimes it's a little bit insufferable to be around them or you think they kind of go overboard what do you think about that arguably that per i mean obviously there are gradations of sin if we can even call that a sin but that person isn't isn't doing harm but i don't think that person is doing a great thing for society by having a big ego well it manifests itself i mean it the only way you know that is by by how it manifests itself you didn't dig into their psyche right to, to figure that out so clearly some aspect of their behavior betrays the fact mm-hmm. that that they have quote-unquote an ego and, and you know, uh, I, I I will say it. It sounds like I'm bragging, and I might be, to be honest. Uh, but but not for the sake of my ego, for the sake of making a point. The most common thing I have heard in my work life, usually from people who are, I've been in radio for forty years, so that's my work life. And uh, the sales staff 
you know, there's always large sales staff because no ads, no, no show. And so I value these people immensely. And it is after that, like the 10th person in sales said to me in the course of my career, you know, you're not a prima donna. <laughs> and I, it finally registered on me. Yeah, I'm not, of course I'm not a prima donna. You're an anti-prima donna. Yeah, it's somewhat of a joke to me being a prima donna. But there are many who are. Yes, there are. And they're yes. not bad people, but they're kind of prima donnas. Yeah, that's right. Okay, but it's not a good trait. Mm-hmm. By the way, it's a stupid trait because you won't have any friends. <laughs> I mean, it's it's self-destructive Except trait. Except fellow prima donnas. Yeah, but that's not friends. Right. That's fellow prima donnas. Right. Who, who, who want to be with you because you're well-known or successful or rich or whatever the reason might be. But... W- with this person who was saying that he doesn't like how he thinks he's better than other people at things, that's the whole basis of capitalism. That's the whole basis of society, that there are some people who make more than others, who are better at certain jobs than others. I mean, in a, uh, there needs to be an equality in the, in the sense of, again, the, the dignity and respect with which every human being deserves to be treated. But besides that, inequality should be allowed. That's right. Well, Nietzsche... If you have freedom, you have inequality. Some people have more talent than others. Nietzsche, who I know how to spell on a, on a Dennis and Julie episode. Dennis asked me, how do I spell That's Nietzsche? Right. Nietzsche is... He's a fascinating character because he's so right on some things and so wrong on others. I think he was nuts. But he has this pretty uh, scathing rebuke of Christianity. And I really... I wrote an essay trying to counter it. But... Um, and, and not just sort of the Judeo-Christian religion, not just Christianity specifically. And one of the things he was saying is that this idea of God on the cross is a paradoxical symbol that is an affront to God. He said how, you know, what kind of all-powerful God would, would display themselves that way of being so helpless and decrepit on a cross? It celebrates weakness. It celebrates suffering. I, I I disagree with him. I think that the the symbol of Christ on the cross is a beautiful s- symbol. I think that it it shows the love of God that He would send His Son to suffer alongside with us. Uh, in other words, He doesn't view Himself as better. I think it shows that there's something there can be something ennobling or transformative about suffering. But there's another critique that Nietzsche gives of Christianity, which is sort of going into this realm of what we're talking about, where he says that sometimes followers of the Judeo-Christian religion can take equality to an extreme in that they take the doctrine of equality of human beings and then sort of have these thoughts like, it's not right for me to think that I'm better than others. And Nietzsche says, well, that makes us into herd animals. It impedes our progress because we need to... He, He goes in the other direction where he says that basically there need to be these, these strong men in society who do think that they're better than others and all of their abilities. And that's that what helps society progress. Ubermensch, Ubermensch that, yes. Uh-huh. Those are the Ubermensch. So, well, I so just, the Nazis really misconstrued it. The Nazis I don't know Ubermensch. Nietzsche well enough to say whether the Nazis okay. misconstrued well, it or not. Th- because they, they based it on race, mm. n- not, not on merit. It sounds like Nietzsche based it on merit. Yes, yes. Again, I'm not. I'm no okay. Nietzsche scholar, but from from right. my understanding of him, he based it on merit, not on race. 
But look, his alternative is is wrong. But I think his critique maybe has some some good points. You know that that sometimes uh, again, equality of all people should be affirmed. But we can't take that to an extreme. Well, equity is the antithesis. That's what it is. No, no, it's horrible. Yes, that's what we're living through. And by the way, this is because we're talking about people Nietzsche. hate the people who have achieved more. It's it, not all people do. That is the root of anti-Semitism, envy. That's right. why the Tenth Commandment is so important. Don't covet what belongs to your neighbor. It has nothing to do with lust, as I write in my commentary. I know the Hebrew. You can't lust after a house or a donkey. You, the issue is coveting means I want to take away. That's the essence of socialism and communism. It's not just that I want to get higher I want you to get lower. Mm -hmm. That's the abolition of valedictorians is an example. I am not better. I just won't allow anybody to be better. Yep. Well, look, in some ways it's good. Uh, it's good to lust. It's good to to want. Uh, you, you shouldn't want to take away what your neighbor That's has. That's right. But it's good to want. Yes. That's what you write it with the Cain and Abel story. Yes. Do you seek to, do you envy or seek to emulate the people That's who right. do better That's than you? one of my five favorite stories in, in the Torah. When I see someone who's doing, what you said a few minutes ago, you go, I'm going to be delighted if you, Julie, don't know what I'm about to say. And my answer was, I will be delighted too because I will learn something. I am truly delighted when I see other people doing something better better than I yes, or who have a better point. I I view it as a gift. That person is being put right yeah. in front of me so I can learn from them and then I can yeah, do it better. Right. Well, I was going to say one of my five favorite stories is in Genesis. I think it's with Isaac. Uh, it's either Abraham, Isaac, or Jacob. I think it's Isaac. And uh, with the Ishmaelites. And they see he has really gotten wealthy. And one of the reasons is because he knew how to dig wells really much better than the other guys did. Mm -hmm. So what did the Israelites do? They didn't say, gee, how, teach us how to dig wells. They filled up his wells. Mm. It's one of my five favorite stories in the Bible, or specifically the Torah, the first five books. It's a handbook on human nature. Oh, well, that's perfect. That's what the left does. It fills up the wells. It doesn't learn how to dig wells. Well, that was the thing. So as you know, and as the viewers probably know by now, I went to a really competitive all-girls high school where everything was about getting into college. It was from 7th through 12th grade. And I remember in about 8th grade, it was really – because ninth grade is when your transcript starts – like you submit it to colleges. They don't look at seventh or eighth. They look ninth grade and on. And so the competitiveness was really starting to rev up. And I remember as I was going into ninth grade thinking, I better find a way to, and I was, I was competitive. I wasn't ruthless, but I was competitive. But I thought I better find a way to mitigate this because it's just going to be miserable for four years looking left. Oh, that girl did better on this test or that girl, you know, is a faster swimmer. You know, it's just going to make me miserable. I had two solutions first was, and this was without even knowing the Bible, but this is just what I came up with. The first was, as long as I do well, why am I going to dislike someone else for doing well? If I get an A on a test, why am I going to hate Sally for getting an A too? I got the A. People spend so much time focusing on what, what others have. Just focus on if you are meeting your goals. That's number one. And number two, if 
Sally's a faster swimmer. Sally's giving me a giving me a you know in in the races the running races they have the line for the record and like she's giving me a line to follow. She's I should feel lucky to have her because she's my personal coach that's that's wanting me to also get faster. Right. Even pre-Bible, pre-Dennis, pre-PragerU, pre-Harvard, pre-everything. If I would have said to you, this is this is this is a comment on Julie as Julie, not as influenced by anybody else. If somebody would have said to you, well, uh, Sally came in first place in swimming, but we could change the rules and have her start a second behind you. No. Of course. It, you you would have been repulsed by the it would, idea. And, and it's back to dignity. You know, I, ew, right, dignity. I, it's it's right. dignity. It's, yes. It's, right. Yeah. No, that, no, I, I wouldn't uh, would like you, that Would you rather lose... In a fair world or win by cheating? Lose in a fair world. Of course. That's the way the world is divided. The left rather cheat. Let's change the rules so that you can come in first. Look, in in Massachusetts, they abolished scores in kids' soccer. They didn't want any team to lose. (laughs) Then it's not soccer. It's not a sport then. Of course. Or, or do you know there are laws? Uh, you, uh, you're going to see Robert Florzak in, in Germany. Ask him about the the baseball game of his kid, where they uh, where they stopped the score when it was too much. One team beating the other. Oh, okay. So I played water polo in high school, as you know. And there was one team that we played that was so much better because my school team sucked. We were we were awful. No one else besides me on the team played water polo. Was it called the for mercy rule? The mercy rule. Right. Mercy. We played this other team that was everyone on the team was not only a water polo player, but like a state championship water polo player. We got killed. I think I'm not kidding. I think the score was 42 to one. I scored the one goal. (laughs) And you know what? I remember in the game, I mean, it was relentless. They were pummeling every two seconds. We would get the ball. They would come steal it, score. I mean, it was just the same thing over and over. And of course, you're you're humiliated. Your parents are there. Everyone's like laughing. You know, their kids from the school watching, making fun. And I just remember being in the pool thinking, this is really good for me. This is really good life lesson. There are going to be times when you're going to feel humiliated. Yeah, when you're, you're going to lose 42 really to 1. This is really good. And, yeah. and now nothing humiliates like, me. By the way, for the nothing record, really humiliates even, me. even in high school, you were in high school then? Yeah. Yeah. I really do believe if somebody had said to me, Dennis, you're going to be in a game where the score will be 42 to 1. Do you want to be on the team that got 1 or 42? There's no question I would have said 1. Why? For just... To have a funny tale to yes, tell people. Yes, that's what it is. There's no joy in recounting. You know, we beat a team 42 to 1. Oh, big deal. But I lost 42 to 1. It's fun. That You know, I love that you said that because whenever something bad happens and I get upset or I have the impulse to get upset, I think, will this be a funny story? And then yes. it's over. I'll give you a, an example to close on. I'm supposing we have to close. On my 21st birthday, so two years ago. It was COVID. I was living in Washington, D.C. My sister took the train from New York to visit me, and we decided to go have my first legal drink at a bar. Maybe I was overserved. I lost my ID on my birthday. 
so I, maybe I, we called the restaurant. I, it turns out it fell on the street as I was walking back to the my apartment. But how do you know that it fell on the street? Did because someone it? found it a few days later okay, and fine. messaged me on Facebook. Okay. God bless him. But on my 21st birthday, the day when I'm supposed to have my ID to you, go to all these bars, lost I lost it at by 11 o'clock in the morning. And I felt the tears like, of course, it's COVID. And, I'm, you know, and, and I thought, you know what? This is a hilarious story. I will be able to tell people for the rest of my life. On my 21st birthday, I lost my ID. And then it was a fun day. You, Bye, everyone. No. You are <laughs> healthy. Just, you know what? You can't change it. You lost your damn ID. Right, make it fun. Exactly. Find a way to make it fun. Uh, tell them how to contact you. Speaking of fun, I love reading emails from people. You can reach me at julie at julie-hartman.com. Thank you, thank you, thank you for writing in to me. I love them. And uh, what's the other thing we have to publicize? Oh, please subscribe to this channel so that you can get a notification whenever we have Dennis and Julie. And you can follow me at julie R. Hartman. R does not stand for Republican, contrary to what some of you think. It stands for Ruth. Shalom. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.